You're listening to the OHLN60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. And, well, lots to get to this week. We, of course, running through the thoughts on this past week, past weekend. Uh, get to the players of the week kind of included in there. Um, and then we kind of started off the season of predictions, I guess you could say, last week with who we think won't make the playoffs, who we think will be those bottom two teams to sneak in, as well as who the division winners will be. Well, the conversation continues this week, and we are going to look at coach of the year candidates and who we think should win, GM of the year candidates and who we think should win as well. So that all kind of leads up to the end of the season, and as the as the weeks go on, and well, not very many left to go, which is always nice when you get close to playoff season. Yeah. But you know, as as the, yeah, so as the week goes on or weeks go on, we will you know give our hot takes on on player awards as well. So rookie of the year, goaltender of the year, you know the MVP, all of that kind of see if any of our picks have changed since the preseason media poll, and if any have stayed the same. Uh, preview, my defenseman of the year is still the same as the beginning of the year. So, yeah. I look at my picks. I forget my picks. Yeah, so so we'll get to that as the weeks go on. And, of course, like I said today, head coach of the year, GM uh, of the year as well. We'll kind of look into the playoff matchups if they started today. So that'll that'll be an interesting one as well to kind of and I don't want to say very likely we see some of these matchups actually happen in the playoffs, but I would say it's likely we maybe see one or two where the I standings think, are right now. I think you'll see some seeds stay where they are, um, preferably maybe the eighth seed. I think Barry. It's gonna be interesting if they can move up or move down. Yeah, they're probably the most locked right now to be where they are. But after that, it's kind of anything can happen. Kingston as well, I guess, 54 points, right? Like eight and seven are kind of the only seeds that you, it's going to take a lot to lose that stretch. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Barry being three, five, and two, doesn't really help. But when you look behind them, right, when you see Peterborough one, eight, and one in their last 10, then Niagara in their last 10, they're four, five, and one is honestly their best stretch of hockey all season. Yeah. Four, five, one. Yeah, so no, that'll be that'll be an interesting topic as well. That'll come in segment number two, of course. But um, and then the power rankings to end off the show. Sue's one. Don't agree. Question mark. Don't agree. The well, London Knights lose one game in regulation. <laughs> they lose one game in regulation. Oh, well, I'm getting you going already, Wardy. After twenty game or twenty sub on games in a row, and then all of a sudden they lose one game in regulation. It's like, oh, they're not the best team anymore. That's all clicks. That is all clicks. 100%. Now, I might get in trouble for that, but that is all clicks. That's clickbait. You learn that in school. In college, when you're going through classes, you always hear about clickbait and boom. Well, well then I'll follow up with a question then, Wardy. Oh, what's the injury <laughs> report? <laughs> it's the playoffs. We're in the playoff races. We're in the playoff races right now. We don't got time to be hurt. All right. So on That's that a clown note, question, Bryce Harper, <laughs> baseball's back. Woo! Hey, 
hey, answer could have been as bad as Anthony Rendon's. Yeah, I make $35 million a year, hey. but baseball's not a priority. I truly – but honestly, though – Man, uh, he's not like hey, we're gonna talk about dude, baseball here, which means spring no, training hey, is here. We're talking about clown questions. I think that's a clown question to ask. First off, like what reporter thinks about asking? You can tell the what LA was hilarious people, is you can tell why, the going to be garbage. What I don't understand: why was he doing something at seven o'clock in the morning? That's like, <laughs> what he's a dad. He's a dad. Like, I, I get you want to maybe get some questions in before workouts for teams, but, like, and maybe it wasn't 7 a.m., maybe it was 7.30 or 8, and Rendon just yeah. got the time wrong. But, yeah. like, I think anything before 9, yeah, it's yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> Let I the agree. guys wake up and get ready for a workout. I like the media after the workouts. Yeah. But then you could be Marcus Stroman. That was the line. Hey, also, my last baseball quote of the day since baseball's back my last quote of the day is, and this is hilarious, and I know you're gonna love this. When right. Marcus Stroman, Marcus Stroman, post on Twitter, on Instagram, on his Instagram story, logging off um, because I have to work. I'll see you after the World Series. Is hilarious because if Bruh. you probably check, if you know if you check Marcus Stroman's Instagram story right now, you know he's got something on there. The guy can't go five seconds without posting. So it's kind of hilarious. I thought that was so funny. And the Yankee fans are going to want him out by May because the Yankees are going to be overrated. Let's go, Jays. And the Jays aren't going to be good either, but I just don't like the Yankees. Yeah, wait till Stroman actually pitches more than uh, the road team visits at Yankee Stadium. I saw a video on Tuesday afternoon of Yankee spring training. And it was a video of Stanton practicing defense. And it was him looking up. Looking up, watching the ball go over the fence behind him. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's I the best. It. I loved it. Yeah. All right, let's let's get, let's get into it. Headlines from this past weekend. Uh, let's start with the Bulldogs, Colin. We saw this firsthand, and uh, you know, credit to the Bulldogs for grabbing the puck out of the net for this. But uh, Jake O'Brien, what call by Reed Duffy? The Bulldogs rookie points record. In a single season, passing, in the words of Reed Duffy, King Arthur in, in Bulldogs franchise history. So, uh, congrats to Jake. And in that game, he's actually going for the Hattie as well. Had a couple of goals in, in that 23rd straight win against the Niagara Ice Dogs. So, congrats to Jake. We spoke with him after their game, after their win against the Erie Otters on Monday about it. And, you know, st- still got the rookie in there. Still got the oh, yeah. <laughs> the the rookie press conference answers, but uh, no, it was it, you can definitely tell that uh, it it means a, a little bit more the fact of where Arthur Kaliev is right now, mm-hmm. and and it kind of helps him strive to be in the exact same spot uh, as in the NHL one day. So yeah, c- congrats to Jake. We've been around him all season long, and this is this is pretty cool. He's done it in a way where not necessarily putting the puck in the back of the net, but figuring out a way to help others put the puck in the back of the net. Absolutely, Reese. And he sees the ice so well, right? Like, we had to cover him firsthand game in and game out. And what you see game in and game out is incredible. I, uh, I've i been saying this all year. I haven't, like, growing up a London fan, being able to see Mitch Marner, Max Domi was a stud in junior in London as well. Um, watching those guys play, I haven't saw a player in my life be able to, to control the play and move the puck and see the ice like Jake O'Brien can. That's the best compliment I can give him. Um, 
He has been so good this year for the eighth overall pick. And I remember in the draft being hammering this guy. I love the guy at the OHL Cup because in minor midget last season, he actually scored a lot more, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think, which is scary to think, actually, when you can see the puck move and the way he sees the ice. Like a couple of those passes he makes, it's like, wow, how do you just do that? For a 16-year-old, you never see that. So yeah. it's crazy to see the development in his game from last year, pre-draft to post-draft. It's crazy. And like next year, I mean, you're looking at possibly 70 points from a guy like that. Like you're looking at over a point a game, like 70, 80 points from Jake O'Brien. Um, I yeah. think the sky's the limit for him. And I think you like what the Bulldogs got in him and what Matt Turk got in him. That's a massive pick. And it's funny, right? Like that pick could have went either way. There's a lot of pressure with that pick. I think one, I thought that was the best pick. I thought, I thought Jake O'Brien should have went in the top six. I don't know how he didn't. Obviously, we know how Oshawa takes Griffin, and then when you look behind, when you look at Mississauga taking Ivan Kovic, which kind of interesting when Leanders went the year before, right? Man. Which was interesting, but getting the Bulldogs getting Jake O'Brien, getting help from their conference, really for him to fall to him was incredible. And like as I was going to mention, like with Matt Turek, that's his nephew, which is the pressure of that pick, right? Is crazy if he comes in this year, and I don't think he really gets that pressure in year one, to be honest. Like 16-year-olds, you really can't say like how good Ivan Coach is gonna be, how good Griffin's gonna be, because those guys were all studs. But Jake O'Brien won OHL Cup MVP. Like, yeah, the guy the guy's a player, like he's a really good hockey player. And not that those guys aren't, but the guy won an MVP, like he's the captain of his team. Like the character on that kid's unreal. Maybe because he's not the flashiest, but He's a really good hockey player, and when you uh, see that he's exceeding all expectations, and I know Ryan Rubrick on pace to break a record that he's probably going to break this weekend in Niagara. He's a goal away from breaking the Kill Thomas record for most goals in a rookie season, but what a year in the OHL for rookies. Yeah, You know, you're going to have two franchise records broken for sure, which is incredible. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of these a lot of these guys you just mentioned, Colin, it's going to come up in conversation, whether it be next week, whether it be the week after, uh, about Rookie of the Year and, and the yeah. pick for Rookie of the Year. And Jake O'Brien definitely going to be a part of that with his 51 points heading into the Bulldogs' annual Michigan trip this upcoming weekend. So, again, a huge here's, accomplishment for him. Here's a quick question for you, Reese. Ryan Robrick, he's going to break a record for Niagara. He's going to do that. Yeah, He will do it, face it. He's yeah, going to get one. Break 21 it. goals, tides, uh, Kevin He and Akil Thomas's record for goals by a 16 year old. Yeah, just just a matter of time. I think where, this weekend could easily happen. Where, how valuable is he for Niagara? Is he the most valuable rookie? Well, that's the thing. We had, yeah, we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago that you know, in this, I don't know if it's when Niagara had a better chance to make the playoffs, or maybe there were still enough games where you're like, you know what, let's just, let's wait and see. They're on a little bit of a heater. Um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago when we were having that conversation, and, and I remember it coming up about if if Niagara makes the playoffs, A, it'll be because of of uh, Ryan Robrick. I'll play a bigger role, yeah. And, and if that would put him over the top for rookie of the year. Now, of course, you look at points. You look at other rookies and where their teams are in the standings. So that that t- takes into consideration as well. And Colin, pro sports or 
amateur sports, junior, we, we know how people vote. So that, that also goes into consideration yeah. as well. So yeah. I, I, in terms of impactful for his team, I think it's top three rookies. I, I think, I think him, O'Reilly, O'Brien are one, and two, and three. Honestly, in my, and if I had to vote right now, if I had to vote right now and be honest with me, one to me is Jake O'Brien. The guy's over a point a game in his rookie season at 16 years old. Yeah. Two for me, two for me is Ryan Rubrick, the two most valuable players to their team. Three for me is Riley Patterson and Barry. Those three players are the most valuable to their teams. Sam O'Reilly's a stud. Don't get me wrong. He's a stud. He's going to be a high pick in this year's draft. And I love O'Reilly's game every week. I think I say he's my, one of my favorite night players to watch. If I'm going to watch a London game, I like to I look forward to watching him play. But Yes, he's a big player, but is he more valuable to the London Knights than Jake O'Brien, Ryan Robrick, and Riley Patterson? No. Yeah, that's so. that's an interesting debate because then you can also, and I brought this up originally too, where and he's a, obviously it's his first year in the league, but yep. we also didn't consider Ty Nelson and and Panofemis yeah. and, and that draft class as rookies when it was there technically second year, even though they were only playing your first year. So that's where I was kind of like, well, um, is like, what? This didn't happen a couple of years ago, right? So for, from that argument, yes, I, I think I would agree because he's got an extra year. And again, not an extra year of OHL service, but an extra year of, well, it, life. So It likely won't happen the way I said it, but... No, in no, I know world in an ideal wor- world for yeah. me. That's what I have. Yeah, no, and 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 I think that that's valid. Again, if if Niagara were to somehow sneak into the playoffs, it's a big part of it is gonna be Ryan Robrick. I think we're a little out of that realm right now. Yeah, but it, if it up. were to happen, then then Robrick definitely be a part of it. O'Brien definitely a huge part of the reason why the Bulldogs are leading the East Division. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Patterson with Barry, one of the reasons they're hanging on to eight. And by hanging on, I mean, they've built themselves a nice cushion. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Those three impactful. Yes. Because there are a couple of guys ahead of, ahead of um, mm-hmm. uh, O'Reilly in, in London. So it's yeah, it's an interesting topic and we'll we'll get into it a little bit deeper. Maybe we can do it next week. We'll see. We'll try and figure out the certain awards, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be an interesting conversation for sure. Um, sticking on the topic of, of breaking records. Uh, let's, let's head to Saginaw. It seems like we've done this before, Colin. Yeah. Uh, Zane, Zane Parekh. And yeah, I mean, first, first line by, by Josh Wheatland kind of said it perfectly. Saginaw spirit defenseman Zane Parekh continues to rewrite the record book in his sophomore OHL season. Yeah, we've said this a few times. So yeah, it's he's going to be know. the all-time defensive scoring leader there. Yeah. Oh God, absolutely. He's the uh, new single-season points leader by a defenseman in Spirit history. A projected high pick in this year's NHL draft. Going to be at the Memorial Cup for sure. Going to yeah. make sure that his club wins an OHL championship first before they get to the Memorial Cup. But worst-case scenario. Maybe you fall out in the conference finals or the finals. Well, you've still got that shot at the Memorial Cup. So Zane Prep continues to well be phenomenal. I guess that's the best word we can use for that. Do you think next year, if he plays a full year in Saginaw and continues to put this impact 
Because obviously next year, Saginaw's going to have decisions to make with the picks they gave up. It's going to be hard to go for it next year. Zane Perak finishes a full year next season in Saginaw. He plays three years in Saginaw. Is he the best defenseman in spirit history? At this pace, man, he's in that conversation. I would say so. Top 10 easily right now, and he's only played less than two seasons. Yeah, he's only 17 years old. That's impressive. I, th- I think I think that conversation could be had. I think next year this time, if he's if he breaks his record again next year yeah. on a team that probably won't be going for the Memorial Cup and he breaks records, yeah. I think that conversation has to be held. I think and so. Like, like, props to him. I mean, he's a tough player to play against. There's numerous times when you watch Saginaw play, man, he's a pain right in the behind of the other team. Yeah. Like, there's times where it's like, why did you just do that? But then when he gets the puck, though, man, he controls the game. Like, he's a player. Like, I enjoy watching him play. Like, he's such a good two-way player, and he really gets under the skin. It reminds me a lot of us being Red Wing fans, seeing more at Cider get under the opponent's skin. He's not as physical as Cider, but when you see him with the jabs he does, the stuff he does after the whistle, and the way the opposing team retaliates to him, you can tell he gets under their skin pretty good. So, yeah. uh he definitely is a two-way guy with a little bit of an edge to him as well. So I'm sure NHL teams are going to love that this year in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A uh, couple of NHL debuts to to go over. Matt Valenta, yeah, congrats to him. Former Greyhound getting the debut with the Arizona Coyotes. And we just talked about him. Yeah. The other day we were talking about in him. Fact. on Friday. That was Friday, right, in Brantford? I think it was Friday or Monday, one or the other. I think so, yeah. Effect. <laughs> well, it had it been before the 16th. Mm-hmm. So, eh, maybe in effect. We'll have to fact check that. But uh, also, former battalion Justin Brazo not only making what a story. his NHL debut, but scoring in his NHL debut, which is which is yeah, pretty man. sweet, pretty cool. The amount of, uh, you know, with how deep the Bruins are and how successful they've had, you're thinking, oh, there's not a whole lot of room for certain guys. Well, yeah. injuries happen, and that's why you never really give up throughout the course of a season. And, and yeah, huge congratulations to Justin Brazo. Um, like I said, not only for making the NHL debut, but for, for scoring your first NHL goal. So, man, And then the, the Bruins' 100th season, I think, is pretty cool, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then finding a way to find a back in the net's huge. We've saw that a few times in the OHL in his day. You know what's impressive with Brazo? Remember in his OA season, he scored all those goals, right? But remember the knock on him was his skating and, like, yeah. how is he going to translate the scoring touch to the next level? That guy has earned every single inch to make the NHL. And now he just scores for the Bruins, like, and gets the contract, right? And then he scores right away. That's just such a cool feeling, right? Like, that's so that's such a cool story. And it's cool that it happened for an OHL alumni for us to be able to talk about. Because that guy's worked his butt off. Like, I remember his OA year. The guy could shoot the puck, but the thing was going to be, is he going to be able to skate at that next level, right? Is he going to yeah. be able to do more than that at the next level? And he turned himself into a really good power forward at the next level that could shoot the puck. And those guys are so effective, right? So yeah. uh, congrats to Justin. What a what a career he's had. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Colin. Well said. Um, before we before we hit your highlights here, Wardy, I'll uh, quickly go over the, the player and goaltender of the week uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. So let's start. Let's go back to Saginaw. Uh, Rodwin Dionizio of the Saginaw Spirit. Three goals, six assists, and nine points for the Saginaw Spirit defenseman. 
great weekend for him and, and a guy who is coming off being a, a draft pick of the Ducks, who also got in uh, on the action on, on X or Twitter and uh, wanted to make sure they shouted that out as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, also in consideration, Sue Greyhounds forward Jack Beck. One goal, six assists for him uh, in three games. And Florian Jackeye as well for the Bulldogs. Four goals, two assists. He had six total points. Bulldogs go 3-0, and clinch themselves a playoff spot. Uh, a lot in part thanks to Florian Jackeye. And, well, let's stick in Brantford. For the second time this season, Mateo Drobak is the OHL goaltender of the week. Three wins for him. Goals against the average of 1.62. Save percentage of 939. A man who did not need to play on Monday because David Igorov clearly showed that he has come a long way since the beginning of the season and throughout the beginning of the season and through to now. So uh, congrats to Mateo Drobak. Talked to him briefly um, on, on Monday. But, uh, no, that's, uh, again, Shout out to him. He won it back on uh, the week of January 15th to the 21st as well. So a month. Um, also in consideration for the award from the Niagara Ice Dogs, Owen Flores stopped 136 shots. He was two and one. Goals against average of 295, save percentage of 938 as he played in a trio of games for the Niagara Ice Dogs. Colin Ward. Hit your headlights. Highlights. Man, you know Why did I say uh, headlights? I'll turn the, Man, turn the that was on. horrible. No, 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 no. Knock no, on me. That's a it. knock hey, on me. No, 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 no. Start the car. We got the automatic start. We're good. We're just getting the vehicle now. We got to turn the headlights. Hey, hey, we got to hey, turn qu- the high beams. Question for you. Have have yes. high beams ever like gotten to the point where they've blinded you for a second? Yes. All right. Have, have, has it caused you to turn your wheel enough that you go into a ditch? No. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't. I I just want to make sure I wasn't the only one that thought that was stupid. Okay. Okay. Sorry, no, no, no. Work issue. No. I just wanted you know to make what? sure. No, you know what? When I here we go. Driving advice from the OHL. <laughs> man, I, man, I got a traffic service, report. You, Thanks for you man, got a question. We myself. answered them. I got a traffic uh, report to get to after you, Wardy. I just reminded man, myself. My one thing I want to say is with the high beams. If someone accidentally breaks you, one, yeah, you flick it right back at them. If I'm from the Delhi, Ontario, ever heard of it? You probably have. Um, <laughs> you bright them right back. But, two, why, why aren't you looking at the road? If you're looking straight in front of you at the road, I don't think it affects you. At least yeah. it doesn't affect me. I just kind of, like, tilt my head down a little bit and just keep looking at the road. You can still see the full road, and you just kind of zone out the traffic light or the headlights yeah. coming at you from the other side. Well, I kind of thought that doesn't mean anything in that spot. Instead of somebody calling me at work and hey, somebody had their high beams on. I crashed my car. What? Yeah. How do you manage to do? But anyways, so my my traffic report. This is from Monday, so family day. Driving to Brantford for the for the Otters Bulldogs game. And on the QEW, you've got that stretch between you know from Lincoln, beginning of St. Catharines to um, to Grimsby. Grimsby or Stony Creek. I think it turns to Stony Creek. I had an issue with that on Sunday. Anyway, so yeah, 110, right? So you're thinking, all right, you can... Are all three lanes different? Oh, man. Oh, it's such a joke. So (laughs) so driving, and, you know, it's clear clear as day, beautiful day on Monday. So, you know, 
I'm doing a casual 130 in the left lane, you know, 110, 20 over. You're fine. No cops that I saw. So, <laughs> so this, this dude, and he's the only guy, it wasn't busy because everybody was going to Niagara at the time, not coming from it. This dude's behind me. The lane next to me is clear. So the middle lane. Yeah. I'm like, if you feel the need to do more than 130, that's find ridiculous. a way to pass me. Because this sounds like a you problem. Yeah, so that's he ridiculous. flashes his lights at me. I go, well, it's daytime. That didn't do anything. But does that make you immediately want to break? Yeah, it makes you want to break. Just be, uh, you if it wasn't know for the vehicle, if, if it wasn't for the vehicle getting in an accident or getting injured, like, absolutely want to break check him. He was the only one behind me. I didn't break, yeah. but I slowed down to 125 just to, was, just to be a pain in the rear end. Well, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking, why do people have to fly, go as fast as they can to get to spots? Like, I think it's so odd, especially in parking lots. Parking lots are the worst place to drive. Any kid that's listening to this show that's going to get their uh, license this year or in their future, here's the best advice. You get your G1, you go with your parents and just drive in a Walmart parking lot. If yeah. they're Costco or Costco. Man, Costco, you, that's a challenge. Exactly. That's like driving on a 401. Go from, it's harder. Yeah, some days. I'd say, I'd say it's harder. You got uh, you got a couple there walking out with a, a bag of milk from Costco. And it's like they walk right in front of you and they're not even in the crosswalk. The other day here in Woodstock, I had somebody walk in front of me on their phone. So I was pulling into a parallel parking spot and there's nothing. Obviously. Ooh, I you parallel right park? No, I Man. just pulled right in. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to I, I give pulled, up I on was, that. I was pulling in right into the spot. Yeah. And this person just walks in front of me off the curb on their cell phone, just texting, literally almost walked right into my car. I was barely moving because I was already kind of into the spot. Yeah. But I still had to, I was still like halfway in, halfway out. So you obviously got to move up a little bit, like a fair amount, actually. Yeah. And yeah. so I was going like five. And the person just walked right in front of me on their phone. I was like, hey, is that an important text? Like, <laughs> yeah, is it 911? Um, like, I couldn't believe that. Or like, like man, so imagine like that scene in Shrek 3 where he gets bothered at the door. Well, <laughs> somebody better be dying. And then his father-in-law is dying. Yeah, the frog. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like, I just think if you have a kid or if you are a kid about to get your license, take them to a Walmart parking lot after they get their G1. They graduate that, take them to Costco. Boom. <laughs> your kid will the be a stages of parking that, lots. That's Man, that's the stages of driving. Just drive circles around the building and you'll yeah. be fine. Plus, gas is always cheap at Costco anyway. So You have to be a member to get gas at Costco? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I just think you go to Costco, you go to um, Walmart. If you can drive in those parking lots, you're fine. That's where, yeah. the drive, that's where some of the worst drivers are. Yeah. It's amazing how many people Man, Lime Ridge Mall. Mall. Ooh, I'd be like, I feel like that'd be the next step up after Costco. Lime Ridge Mall is the worst. It's horrible. Or the outlets in Niagara. That's a joke, too. Oh, it's. It's bad everywhere. It's, Anywhere with a city. It's tough. Anywhere with a city. All right, get to the headlines. All right, yeah, Wardy's headlines from this week. Um, First off, Brentford Bulldogs, jerseys, new alternates. It's kind of reminds me of Ottawa a little bit on the sides. I like them better in person. 
here's my answer. If you go to a Bulldogs game and see them in perfect in person at the shop or something, you'll love it. On TV, on social media, I can see why fans are against it. Yeah. Six out of ten. I give it a six out of ten. Yeah, like, like ranking for me. I don't give tens. Yeah, like for like for me, it's it's the the B is nice. I love the yellow shoulders. I think the Bulldogs yeah. logo could be a little bigger. It does I look so small, but I mean minor detail. Uh, I the numbers on the sleeves are bigger than the normal ones, so that's a nice touch. Yeah, I, I like the back. You know, you got the yellow numbers, yellow names. I. I don't like the stripes on the sleeves, even in person. I they're nice jerseys, but on the it's too I, much. I think you go black with a couple of yellow stripes on the sleeve, and yes. then full, you know fully black the rest of it. For for me, go, for me, I would have bought that this weekend probably. I would have too. I would have too. I think it's a great jersey. I really do, but it's a six out of ten to me, and which is kind of like a seven out of ten because I only give tens to the Detroit Red Wings and my yeah. girlfriend. Other than that, I don't give any tens out. Yeah, like, yeah, like for me, it it gets one knocked off because of the small bulldogs logos on the shoulders, and then it gets knocked three more points down because of the sleeves. So I'm with you on the six. I, I'm with you on the six. If if I was given this jersey, I would definitely wear it a bunch of times. It, it is it is a nice jersey. I Absolutely. I I I like the classic black bulldogs. That's that's my favorite jersey. The white's a close well. second. But I I like the classic blacks. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Now 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 for you know for for us, I mean at this point, uh, it is still you know we're playing the three years and and going back to Hamilton. Um, I think whether that's re- actually realistic is a different story. But that's kind of the way it's it's planned out right now. So yep. this kind of keeps the the tiger stripes from the outdoor showcase kind of a mix of every bulldogs that the Hamilton tigers Jersey. So uh, from that standpoint, then I, I agree. If you want to, you, you keep that for sure. I totally understand that. It just, I, I I would have liked black sleeves. That's my thoughts on it. And you know, wouldn't surprise me. The bulldogs are two and O in these jerseys. They did it with the stealths when they were on a, on a long run. So if they wore these until they lost in them. Yeah, absolutely. And my I agree with you 100%. I remember originally they the reverse retro of the yellows, just with a different logo. Yeah. They're just reverse of the yeah. outdoor game, of the Tigers jerseys. I truly believe they should have just went with the Tigers brand with the Bulldogs logo, with the B logo, mm. and then same stripes. That would have been nice. That would have been cool. I would have took that. I just yeah. don't like all black and then yellow stripes. I think it looks like a bumblebee. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. They're nice jerseys. They're nice jerseys, but in my opinion, six out of ten. All right. Cool. Um, my uh, so I got a couple more here. I guess we gotta do uh, what the bleep segment. Oh, okay. And suspensions. Sorry, Bolton. Three suspensions this year. Mm. Out indefinitely. What's yeah. What's with all these indefinitelys? Eh, we're we're yeah, at that point of the timeline. season. Yeah, give us a timeline. It's, yeah, no, it's I mean, not... hol- holiday weekend, people are off, probably oh, not reviewing day. stuff right away. So I can see it from that point, but there's the been family. a few that's been indefinite. And I would say some of them are worth the indefinite suspension. Absolutely. But 100%. 100%. I think if three time 
repeat offender in a short time. Honestly, he was just back for how many games? Like five? Yeah. You gotta lay the hammer. Last one was eight or 12. Why Ten. am I having 10? Thank you in the middle of that. Yeah. Monkey in the middle. Um, What a game. I used to hate being the monkey. Um, I don't even know. What until that I was, grew. I, I until I grew. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just think you kind of got to lay the hammer on here. I'm honestly looking at 14 games rest of the regular season. 10 to 14. Yeah. You know what? I, I, there's a certain you get to a certain point that you have to. I think if somebody has, like, I don't know, and I mean, if you get suspended, you did something a either stupid yeah. or dangerous or both. But yeah. I, you know, it's first time okay, second time. I mean, ten games is excessive, but the it was a bad it was, play. It was, it was a bad play. Yeah, yeah. So it it. It absolutely was appropriate. He got 10. Uh, you know, when, when you get to a third, let's say the 10 games is, was the only suspension. Is mm-hmm. it a matter that it's the third or that he's had a 10 game? Do you think that's a bigger part of I think, this? I think it's like bits and bites. It's a little bit of both. I think, I think one, he's, he's a two-time repeat offender. So two-time obviously has a lot of pull with that situation right like the guys at the ohl quite frankly they know that they've hey they've had to drop the hammer they thought they dropped the hammer last time with a 10 gamer yeah they know they know that so it's a little bit of both right where you kind of know and i think this is the opportunity here and i we're all obviously all these indefinite suspensions are coming out right now and it's kind of one of those things where what are what is it like What's going on, right? Like we're trying to understand yeah. what, why. Yeah, Jacob it, Terry and that other other player right now waiting to hear his fate. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, what is it, right? Like, what is indefinitely? I used to always think indefinitely was eight games. Well, for the, uh, yeah, for two teams at the top of the standings in each conference, they got plans to make for the rest of the regular season well, and into man. the playoffs. You got like, you got decisions to make. They want to know just as much. It, it kills Sawyer Bolton. The guy's on the fourth line, right? The guy only plays like five, six minutes a game. Yeah. And if you're suspended for the next 14 games, which I truly believe it should be a 14 game suspension, four games, four games after a, just coming back from a 10 game suspension. Isn't really that much. It's kind of average. Remember, like ten years ago, that would have been a fourteen game suspension. What happened in the playoffs? Yeah. If you do something dumb, I think fourteen games the rest of the regular season is a very good hammer. London gets him back in the playoffs to play five six minutes a night on the fourth line. Missed time though, which sucks for him because all of a sudden Easton Callen's getting rested, load management, Denver Barkey, all these guys aren't playing. He's going to get minutes. Well, hey, it hurts the player. It hurts the player because he decided to do something dumb for the third straight time twice in a month. That's kind of, to me, you got to drop the hammer. This is a privilege to play in the league, and if you're going to do something dumb, in hockey in general, when things like that are happening, it's getting pushed out of the – you don't see this anymore anyways. That's why nobody knows because you really don't see this anymore in hockey, right? Because they're pushing it away. So it's a good opportunity to lay the hammer down. It's a development league. Sometimes you got to teach people the hard way. There's a good cop and a bad cop. You do it twice in a month. You deserve to get the hammer, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Um, no, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just, I, we all want to know. I think that's the worst part about it. You know, the game happened like, February 16th. And I mean, what, this is day, what, five or six since, since that day. Five so it, yeah, I, I'd say it's been close to long enough, if not long enough. And I think that's probably the worst part about it is just, we just want to know. And, and obviously you want to get all the facts. You want to talk to anybody involved that you think it's necessary to talk to. And then you go from there. I think it's, it's, it, I could easily see it being the rest of the season. I, I could also see it Maybe being anywhere from like eight to 10. Maybe around. So you the think same. it goes, so you think there's a chance to go down? Maybe not down. Maybe the same. same. Maybe the I, same. 10 again. Yeah. I, I can agree with you on that one. I can agree with you on that one. Yeah. Like, I, if you're, if you're, if it's a lot like rest of the regular season, that's the hammer. And I mean, good for the league if, for them that's to do principle. that. But I, I, at the same time, I think it's also, I think he may get the same. I think it Absolutely. could be 10 again. And then, Absolutely. It depends then, how vicious it was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, also, there's another one that I want to mention. Mississauga's Twitter post. I don't know if you saw it in the behind the scenes on family day after their win. Props to Mississauga. Mississauga is a place that we've been critical on before about their marketing. Not that it's in their hands because they can't do anything about it. It's just the budget that teams have, right? Every budget's differently. You can't all play at Budweiser Gardens and make millions of dollars every year. That's oh, yeah. just not- I did see this earlier. That's a very good video of uh, James Richmond and company. Um, I love that by Mississauga. Props to Mississauga, the social media play of the week from a team. Congratulations to the Mississauga Steelheads. Do we call it? Do we give this award each week where we give credit to a social media as Ooh. the best post? I think that's a great idea. And if yeah. you, the listeners, thank you all. You listeners, if you see a post, send it to us. Send it to us. We'll put it in the nominations. Absolutely. Then we'll then we'll unveil it. But I think that's the post of the week. I think that's a great social media post. Props. I think the fans want to see it. The media want to see it. Um Everyone wants to see that type of stuff. Everyone likes that type of stuff. Spirit Rising, a great show on CHL TV. Um, everyone likes those types of things. It's hard not to watch that, right? You always, when you're scrolling through social media and you see a video of something like that, boom, you're drawn. If you're any type of sports fan, you are drawn to that. Yeah. You're not just a Mississauga Steelheads watching that video. Props to the Steelheads. Congratulations on winning the social media award. Woo, you did it. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's that's a cool video. My last point, though, is, Reese, kind of crazy to say. If we said this after Christmas, they'd call us uh, Crazy Charlie or Crazy Colin. Um, we call you wow. that already. Don't worry. No, the, I'm kidding. Oh, I know that. I was a goalie. I got boxed <laughs> in the head. That's why this might be a little bit of an interesting question. But if we were to talk about this at Christmas, what would be the odds out of 10 that we would believe this could happen? The Sudbury Wolves and the Brantford Bulldogs are just two points back in the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah. Now, at Christmas time, at Christmas time, when we came back in January, pre-trade deadline, if we talked about this around trade deadline a month and a half ago, about six weeks ago, if we said this would happen, what would the odds be? I'd say three out of ten of that chance happening. Yeah, I, I I'm in agreement with you on that. I think. Yeah, 70 points for the Wolves and Bulldogs, 72 for the Rangers. I would, yeah, I would have stopped the show, walked away. 
yeah gotten a drink and uh yeah yeah no it's 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 just coming i don't want to say it's hilarious that's not the right word to use but at, at the same time as much as we looked at the western conference and oh the big bad west is back yeah you know they're they're the powerhouse once again well no the first now looking at it you you start to realize you're like well yeah okay the west is good those top four teams have well had nice seasons yep really that's the extent of it and i mean Guelph and owen sound they're over 500 still a good season i'm sure if you're over 500 to look at it that way but man west is very top heavy uh much like the maple leafs why they haven't won a stanley cup but if austin matthews gets hurt for the <laughs> maple leafs they are not even making the playoffs yeah so go so red wings <laughs> so you look at that as you've got the four teams in the west and then clearly that the tier is a big drop off we're talking about a gap of 15 Absolutely. points Whereas the biggest gap right now in the Eastern Conference between teams, I would say, excluding teams out of the playoffs, we're not going to include them, but is nine between seven yeah. and eight with the front max and Colts. And I think everybody's fully aware of who's probably yeah. going to be the eighth seed. And I mean, even the gap between Kingston and Ottawa, it's it's eight, so close enough. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's still, it's it's spread out. Throughout yep. the Eastern Conference, right? You've got Sudbury, Brantford, 70. Oshawa, 65. North Bay, 64. Mississauga, 62. Ottawa, 62. Yep. Yeah, it's like there's six teams within eight points there. Whereas the West, you've got four teams within 11, which is very close still, but it's more spread out in the East. And that's, a, that's an interesting topic to bring up because, yeah, you're right. Uh, Kitchener, yeah. No, we we had no Eastern Conference team coming close to yeah, really the top four in, in the Western yeah. Conference. And now you're seeing that, which is interesting to see the East coming up here. And, I mean, we saw it all weekend, right? And we saw Owen Sound on Friday in Brantford. And this isn't a knock because we don't call players out, especially a superstar player in this league who we picked that score a lot of goals this year. And he has had a good year. But I can see, I can see, what some people say about Colby Barlow when he doesn't score and when he does score. One, I think, yeah, the loss in Shirk line, Ben Bougeau and Adrian Rebello had a really good game against the Barlow line on Friday night, but Colby Barlow was awfully quiet. So it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it's kind of interesting to me to see. Um, you start to put that together, right, two and two together, and when you watch Owen Sound games, when you watch – road on sound games which is a big one to hear what other teams have to say and they say well barlow can be really good one night right but then the next night he'll be quiet and then they'll lose four one right and you can kind of see that yeah. so i think watching Owen sound on friday friday they really miss gavin bryant um and i'm not just saying that because i know gavin and we're buddies with him i'm not just saying that they miss that true second line center this year they miss that true second line center because they're having a hard time match up. And I think that's why they're underachieving. Kitchener, Kitchener has two great centers. London has two great centers. Guelph has two good centers, mm-hmm. right? It, I think Owen Sound struggles to match up. They have a great defenseman, a great top line. After that, it's kind of it's kind of top heavy. Yeah. Great goalie, though. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, they just the OHL, as we record on Tuesday evening, put out the uh um 
shutout leaders, Carter George, right in the mix of that. So great goalie. Yeah. No, and 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 the, he wasn't his fault. They lost in Brantford three nothing. Right. Not yeah. not even a little bit. So. Uh, all right. Uh, actually, before we hit the break, I thought we would update everybody on who has an X next to their name. So Western Conference, London Knights, Saginaw Spirit, Sioux Greyhounds have all punched their tickets to the playoffs. Would expect if Kitchener has a good weekend coming up, they, yeah, they get Kitchener. that as well. They hit, they clinch their postseason berth also. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Sudbury Wolves, Brantford Bulldogs are going to be in the postseason for sure. I know Oshawa has a chance to do it this weekend as well. Saw Jack Moore put that out. Voice of the Generals uh, put that out on Twitter. So potentially look for them to clinch their playoff spots. And then, yeah, we'll slowly start to see everybody else do the same as we are well within 15 games left to go in the OHL regular season. A couple of teams with 16 games or, well, one team actually, the Barry Colts, who've only played 52. So is it's good time in the O right now. Is March the best month for uh, sports fans? Yeah, OHL playoffs starting at the end of the month, and you have March Madness. I mean, for like for Christmas. me, yeah, for me, I mean, college Baseball hoops are. Eh, I really don't care. That's because um, my socks this year. Well, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you, you're you're not wrong. You know, anytime I have a chance to go after Michigan, I do. No, no, it's all good. But I think, I think for me, more like, and I'm. <laughs> really hoping the schedule makers help me out because I will not be at any playoff games the first weekend in April because as an opening day tradition, the Detroit Tigers are home the first weekend of April and they get the Oakland A's, which I'll finally get a chance to see the Tigers win at home and God knows how long or in person, I should say. So it's been a while. So I've got tickets to opening day, poor man's opening day. And for anyone wondering what poor man's opening day is, it is the cheap people who don't want to pay opening day prices. So they go it's to the second game. game. You could also say it's the real game of the year because well, it's yeah. the game after the momentum of opening day. It yeah. can be a snoozer or it can be a great one. Well, I, I, went to, I went to the one two years ago. It was it was pretty bad. The White Sox were in town. So yeah. Tough matchup there, but was that, is that when Hendricks went off the mound? Uh oh, because of the rain. Yeah, no, that was a year ago. That was a year before. I chirped him oh, for okay. it though when he came in the game. Yeah, he blew the save on opening day. That was the best. Eric yeah. Haas with a solo home run. Wow. Nobody has any idea who that is. Yeah, what a name. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then Red Wings Sabers on the Sunday. So Clinch that's game. that's Clinch my game. first weekend of of April. So hopefully. Bulldogs aren't home. So no, clinch game. Be, yes, absolutely. Against the Sabres. Gotta win that. Sabres. But uh all right. Enough uh Detroit, enough wings, enough tigers, enough baseball. Uh let's hit the break. We're already past the 45 minute mark, so we're pretty well into it here. Power uh when we come back, let's let's look at who we think will be the head coach of the year, who we think will be GM of the year. Uh, we'll quickly touch on some of the matchups. Um, if the playoffs started today, we'll, we'll look at a couple of those and then we'll get into the power rankings as always to round out the show here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome 
Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Prediction time continues. We're at that point of the season where we can start to have the conversations about who we think will win which award. This week, it's all about the men in the suits behind the bench, up in the press box, and, well, guys who are on the phone quite a bit, especially around the middle of January, beginning of middle of January. So, uh, let's start the conversation right away here, Colin, with the head coach this season, head coach of the year in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, I think it's easy to to look at a, all the guys, you know, A, that win their division, um, win the Hamilton Spectator Trophy as well. So for, for me, uh, how much do you think this weighs on voters? And I think I know the answer that, to this, Colin, but I'll get your take on it. Dale Hunter always seems to be around that conversation. Bro, wins it though. That does, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and that's kind of what leads me to this question because I had this discussion with a couple of people on the weekend. Is because the Knights went twenty three games in a row with a point. Does that mean he wins? Would that be a reason for him to win? Oh, well, I mean, London's probably going to win their division. Probably, you know, obviously they're still fighting with Saginaw for the for the top of the conference, top of the league. You gotta win two rounds. So you gotta win for the conference final with Saginaw. So well, based off of the regular season. Like yep. does Dale Hunter win coach of the year? Let's say Saginaw passes London in the standings. Does Dale Hunter still win coach of the year because they went 23 games? put themselves on the list, not really near the top because that's an insane number, but on the list for the consecutive point streak. Does that win a head coach of the year award? I think Dale Hunter wins the coach of the year award because he's been the best coach in the Ontario Hockey League this year, even without the point streak. What they've done, especially put World Juniors, man, World Juniors, they lose Easton Cowan, Denver Barkey for a little bit, Oliver Bonk, Casper Halton. You lose those guys. And you continue to win. That's where the streak all started. I truly believe that Dale Hunter wins coach of the year just because he's the best coach. Um, the roster going into the beginning of the year, yes, London was going to be the team. Saginaw was loaded. Mm-hmm. They were loaded. Lazarus and Hunter are the two, one, and two, right? I think for coach of the year. When you look, though, at who the best coach was, I truly believe Dale Hunter, when he's done game in and game out with the matchup, winning the big games, he's done all that. Dale Hunter's won big games this year. Look at the remember, remember about a month ago when they had that home and home with the Kitchener Rangers? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a rough, it was a rough home and home, but the London Knights brought a playoff intensity. What games are going to be in the playoffs? And that's why the London Knights won. Where does that start? It starts with coaching. I truly believe Dale Hunter wins the coach of the year because he is the best coach in the Ontario Hockey League. The point streak 100% is huge. What he's brought to the table this year, he has been the best coach. Saginaw's hosting the Mem Cup. They were going to be loaded. London was going to be loaded either way, but there were still questions about London because Saginaw's in the conference, right? Yeah. I truly believe Dale Hunter wins coach of the year. And then after that, you know, I think you got Lazarus in the two spot. And then honestly, and I know, I know I'm going to hear it for this, but in all honesty here, Reese, you can prove me wrong to like, I think I know where you're going with this. And I was going to go there if you weren't. Thank you. Number three, the best, the coach of the year of the Eastern conference is Jay McKee. 
if Jay McKee doesn't get a vote for coach of the year this year after he got missed out in 2022, how does Jay McKee not win coach of the year? And hey, maybe that's why Dale Hunter doesn't win because Jay McKee never yeah. lost a game. The Hamilton Bulldogs at the time never lost a game from New Year's Eve to the game one of the OHL finals. They never lost a game. They were undefeated until in the playoffs until game one of the um, of the OHL finals. They never lost a game. If and what they're doing this year, Nick Lardis is out for the Brantford Bulldogs right now. He could be back in two to three weeks. Probably he will be. Nick Lardis is out for a long time. Luca Testa was out for a long time. Tomas Hammer out for who is out for a long time. Cedric Snoky Tundu thoughts and prayers are with him. Terrible injury what he went through. Those guys are out. The Bulldogs are still seven and three in their last ten. Just and we're just the first team in the Eastern Conference to clinch a playoff spot. Started one five and two to start the year. They were the first team in the Eastern Conference to clinch a playoff spot. How is that not Coach of the Year? Nobody picked the Bulldogs, and I can read out numerous of media quotes. And Your honestly, keyboard heroes. And no, no, and honestly, no. This is kind of no. Like these people are actually credible sources who have a valid say. Who, if you're an Ontario hockey fan, you follow because you know these people know the league. There were them people that had the Bulldogs finishing seventh or eighth in the Eastern Conference this year. So Which for anyone out there wondering is worse than their result last year. At the beginning of the year, absolutely. And at the beginning of the year, did the bull did anyone have the Bulldogs clinching when they did, finishing playing the way they have? Obviously, there's a long ways to go, and this uncertainty with the Brantford Bulldogs and Jay McKee winning coach of the year isn't as certain as the guys in Saginaw and London's and the Kitchener's and so on and so on, the Sudbury's. But Jay McKee's got to be the top out of the East. Has to be. Has to be the top out of the East. And what he's brought to the table this year and what he's brought year in and year out in Hamilton, honestly, even in Kitchener, that guy is a professional. And I've said this since day one. And I've said this since day one. And it's not a knock. I was very surprised that Jay McKee never got a coaching talk, like never got the head coaching talks before Mark Savard did. Mark Savard's a great coach, incredible coach. But look what uh, Jamie McKee brings to the table. The guy's a professional. Like, we deal with him game in and game out, Reese. The guy is a professional. And, for instance, they lost the second home game of the year in October against the Peterborough Peets. The Bulldogs got absolutely walked. Not one, not one negative comment came out of Jamie McKee's mouth after that game. That guy is a teacher. And I have so much respect for him and his staff. I will always go to war for those guys. Always. And I truly believe out of the Eastern Conference, Jay McKee is the top seed for coach of the year. And honestly, he should be right with those guys because nobody, nobody picked Brantford to finish where to do what they've done. Everyone picked Saginaw. Everyone picked London. Jay McKee gets a top three vote. If he doesn't, I'm upset about that again for two straight years. Yeah, and that, that kind of applies with, with the Sudbury Wolves, a team that was expected. I mean, Ken McKenzie, I mean, you can't argue what they're doing there. Yep. Arguably the front runner right now to win the Central Division. Um, and and they've been playing like it in their past 10, 7, 2, 0, and 1. Uh, a team that I don't want to say we waited on to to get hot and, and really take control of the division, but we kind of did. 
and and I think I think it also and and to your point about Jay McKee is about how each team started. You think of Lazary and Saginaw. Well, what the heck kind of start was that from a Memorial Cup team, right? And obviously trades help and the full team gets healthy, which which helps as well. So, you know, I think I think turnarounds go towards coach of the year voting as well. I think you don't just look at accolade streaks throughout the season. I think I think part of it too is how did you turn around your bad start? A, why did you have a bad start? But what did you do to change it? And, and and Sudbury, I think, falls in that category. Ken McKenzie, Jay McKee falls in that category. Um, I even think a wild card, maybe not necessarily a wild card, but an outsider looking in, uh, Derek Laxdahl in in Oshawa, I, I think would yeah. will get a couple of looks for, for coach of the year as well. Ryan Oulihan, he's been there for the last three years. I think he always gets looks for, for coach of the year, so – and then even even again in the Western Conference with with the Sioux Greyhounds with John Dean, and and you know we talked about it last year, Colin going for the Memorial Cup, they're banking on guys committing like that was their big thing. They needed guys to come to the Sioux, and well, it's worked out pretty well for the Sioux Greyhounds. So I think Absolutely. John Dean, you know, deserves a lot of credit. He's got the players there. Of course, the moves were made that were necessary. For, for the Sioux Greyhounds to succeed, but I think he's going to get a lot of looks in the Western Conference as well, and I think a lot of it has to do with the turnaround between seasons, so I, I'm a big fan of that. Again, different crop of players this this yeah. year for the Greyhounds, which helps, but it, again, I think they they deserve a lot of credit there in Sioux, and, and John Dean, I think, will we'll get quite a few votes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so then, who are you picking? I guess is the is the next question. Who do you think's gonna win? Bold prediction time. Dale Hunter. Dale Hunter. One hundred percent. How about yourself? Yeah, I I picked Dale Hunter on on an intermission with Ted Lehman on on Sunday. Yeah, nice. I'm going with Dale Hunter too. Really interesting to see who you picked as GM because we don't even know this. And we did this in the intermission in Niagara on Sunday. You did the coach. I did the GM. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see who we have if we match as well for this one. It's gonna be interesting to see. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, so so let's get into it. GM of the year. Uh, I mean, teams at the top, I think, are easy to look at. So that's Rob Papineau in in Sudbury, in you know Dave Drinkle in Saginaw, Kyle Raftis in Sioux. Uh, I think Roger Hunt also gets a couple of looks in Oshawa. I don't think that's an outside pick. Uh, Matt Turk with the Brentford Bulldogs uh, easily oh, so with. <laughs> Yeah, the amount of picks Donovan's for trade. Donovan. Uh, you know, yeah, Hamra didn't even happen at the trade deadline. That was an earlier acquisition. You get a yeah. third and a fifth for Hamra, and then you get eight picks for uh, Jordan Donovan from Saginaw. Yeah. The deadline. Yeah, like uh, who else? Mark Hunter. Uh, in, in Kitchener, I think Mike what? McKenzie does. This is their first – I don't know if stable's the right word, but – you know, since the successful season with with Jay McKee, this is kind of the first time that I'm. I think Mike McKenzie feels comfortable with the head coach they have in place with UC. So hey, I'm not. You know, the hiring I'm sure gets a look for that with Mike McKenzie. The start that the Kitchen Rangers had, yeah. I think, the trade for Tristan Malbuff is something to look yeah. at as well. Maybe not. Maybe not underrated, but you know, it gives Parsons some nights off that. You know Malbuff's gonna be good enough to get you the win. So yeah. I I mean it's it's 
it's an interesting conversation because you know with teams and you like i said you usually look at teams at the top but peterborough pete's front office they had to recover picks not you know they're at the bottom of the standings it's really hard to see them getting a lot of votes um for really any category to to be honest which which sucks but at the same time like they they did what they needed to do this season. They won a championship last year, got the credit for it. Well, this is what this season presented, and and they they perfected it to a T, I think. Absolutely. And it's funny. GM of the year is one of those things where it's hard to give an award because you either go up or down or stay the same. Stay the same is kind of last place in your GM of the year awards. But yeah. it really isn't at the same time. One could argue that Mark Hunter had the best trade deadline. They got so by doing they, barely anything. Caleb Lawrence, right? Yeah. Like that you could argue that they got better. Michael Simpson at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Right? Like you could argue that the London Knights got better with doing not much, right? Yep. And we talked about this all the time at Langs on the show recently. Like, did London really have to do anything at the deadline? We both said no, absolutely not. They're a good team. Um, just because you're in contention at the deadline. Sometimes you tweak something and you get worse, right? Yeah. If you have a good, if you have something good going, you bring something new in. It doesn't always work out. It's still a 50-50 chance it flops. Yeah. You see it all the time. And it's one of those things where Mark Hunter ha- absolutely gets votes. Um, my pick, though, is Rob Papineau and Sudbury. I think what Sudbury did at the deadline is underrated. When we all talked on here and every media member in the Ontario Hockey League that covers the league day in and day out that absolutely grinds, blood, sweat, and tears, the long bus rides, knows that when you watch the Sudbury Wolves, what did they need? Defense. Noah Van Vliet, a championship pedigree, great defenseman, great defensive defenseman. They go get him. They go get him. Yeah, it's probably an overpay. Giving up Owen Prots. I love Owen Prots. I think he, Owen Prots is such an underrated defenseman. I liked him in Sudbury, but now that we get to see him every single game, yeah, man, he's a solid defenseman. Next year, he's going to be so tough. Like, he's going to be so good next year. Um, So, Prots, to me, is that's a move that Sudbury had to move on because, hey, they valued winning. And I know Rob Papineau, and we know from the Bulldogs side of things, hey, we just want to do it. We have to do this. We want to yep. give our fans something to cheer for, and rightly so. They deserve to have a good team there in Sudbury. Um. And sometimes you have to give up a little bit too much to win something, right? And if they win, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. Everyone's going to be looking at their rings, and they'll forget about that yeah. until the second half of next season. But <laughs> at the same at the same time, it's like you go then you go get Donovan McCoy. Donovan McCoy yeah. is a great pickup. Giroux is well in Flint, but you go out and get two defense, and then you get Giroux who who will supply an extra goal scorer, which is hey, you'll never have enough goal scoring. But the fact to me is. You get Vandenberg, an extra goalie, where if you're looking at Sudbury now, the only question is, can their goalies win you a playoff, win you multiple playoff series? Mm-hmm. But now they have two good defensemen that can play any minute in the back end and take care of their own end, which I thought they needed the most at the deadline. They did that. If we're talking about questions and addressing teams' improvement, 100% Rob Papineau, coach of the year, or general manager of the year for me, Sudbury Wolves. Yeah. No, and... and- I, we're not in agreement on this one, Morty, but but I think I think he's a close second for me. Um, number one for me is Kyle Raftis with with, with the Sioux Greyhounds. 
Get that. And and a lot of that has to do, and I mean, he's he's a hell of a hockey player, but yeah. Jack Beck, that that trade for him was that's you know, we talk about these moves not made at the deadline. That's a top five easily, not made at the deadline. Could yeah. put it in the top three, I think. And, yeah, and, and and I think that I, he I don't want to say he didn't get stars because Gavin Hayes is one one heck of a player, Jacob Frasca one heck of a player, two really good players. They're stars in the OHL. Yeah, and and it, and again, it's you know you give up a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, couple of players for for Hayes. That's a lot for one guy, but again, you're you're going in for a championship. This yeah. you wanted the Mem Cup. Sure in, on the table. In, yeah, you wanted your Mem Cup in your building. You didn't get it. Well, yeah, I, I'd probably be pretty mad about that. And I mean, as somebody that thought Sue would get it, because I thought that would have been a great village. Um, you know, Absolutely. I I I would have to agree with that feeling, right? And you know, you, you get an eighth with Frasca, um, you know, Sirazadi, a second, fourth, and a third, uh, head to Barry. So you know, for me, I'm I I I gotta go with Raftus, and I think this is I like that. Th- th- this honor would be not necessarily for what happened throughout this season and just before the season, but you know the ability to put this roster together um, in the off season and have an understanding of what he wanted to do and what he wanted to accomplish. I think that that speaks volumes, and that's why I'm going with Kyle Raftis. I agree. I like that pick, um, and it's two similar teams up up north, right? Where it's mm-hmm. so similar to what they did they addressed their needs and they got better um which is a good one yeah. i guess the question is where does drinko fall on your list yeah for M cup host right i think we gotta ask this question where does the memorial cup host finish no, on this that's... yeah that's a fair question i would mark hunter's three yeah for me i i think he's four yeah he's... I... yeah i think drinko's four to be honest, Matt Turk's five. I was gonna say that <laughs> absolutely. So no, I was gonna say that for sure. Him and uh, Matt Turk and, uh, and Hunt in Oshawa, those yeah. two guys were awfully close to that five spot um, because they addressed everything that they needed. They got better for this year and they got better for next year. Yeah, which is- yeah, Ex- exactly. <laughs> we saw eye to eye on that one, but my opinion, my opinion, not to get too uh, negative, Nancy here, but. I thought the Mississauga Steelheads should did a better deadline. Mississauga is that team where they're next stuck year, in the middle. Yeah. And that's one of those teams where Mississauga, it's like last year, and we've always talked about this throughout the year. Last year, they should have just went in. I thought they were closer. Yeah. I thought they were closer to being winning around than doing what they did, selling off. Del Bell Blues, you have, you have um, Hardy, you have Del Mastro. You have all these good pieces, right? You add another piece, you probably win around where it's like yeah. maybe everything's different. Maybe uh, rent's not as steep this year and st- things are different, but we've saw a playoff run of Mississauga before, right? And yeah. not that the attendance was that much better, but I just think that Mississauga, I thought they really dropped the ball. And it's like the one question I'm going to have next year coming into the offseason is Mississauga is a good team on paper, but what are they going to do to get better? Because mm-hmm. honestly, in the last Three, four years, they haven't gotten better. Plus, they had back. Well, yeah, for me, the Steelheads, I think, number one, um, you got to make a decision on who your goalie is. 
I, yeah, I, I think, that'll be Ivanovich. Yeah, I think you put yourself into that position. And, and, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, we're still big fans of JR, but I, I think you put yourself into that position drafting a, a goalie that high when you already had a capable goaltender. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of telling us what your thoughts are for the future of the Steelheads. And, yeah. you know, Leaner's phenomenal goalie. Ivan Kovic, phenomenal goalie. But, yeah, I think it's kind of you picked Ivan Kovic because Leaner's yeah. might not be a Steelhead one day. So, that, and, and that's a great way to recover picks, great way to get some young talent. So, credit to that to put them in the position for that. But you're, you're right. I think. You got to make a move. This saga could have gone for it last year, and and they just didn't. So yeah, you're going back to Del Bell Blues, Del Mastro. Yeah, like what you're one, two, yep. four core. Yeah, one, two moves away, in my yeah. opinion. I yeah. <laughs> probably would have wanted a goalie, a rookie goalie going for a championship might have been tough. Yeah, that's the one uh, thing. You know, that might have been one of them, but yeah, I think you're right. They were way closer last year than they were this year. So and that's why, in my opinion, this offseason, Reese, Mississauga has to show us a move that they're going to buy because yeah. I'm telling you, Oshawa and Brantford are going to run right through them in the buyer's market if they don't. Yeah. Brantford has eight second round picks in the next two years or more. Yeah. Like, you know, like next year, they got six. They have six first round picks. So you, like next year's draft, not this year, the year after they have six second round picks. Good yeah. luck. Like <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something or it's gonna be tough. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Mississauga is a team that has so much pressure on to get better for next year. They'll be a good team next year, but can they get into that tier with Oshawa with Branford next year? Yeah. That's gonna be the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh all right, quickly here. If the playoffs started Today, Eastern Conference, Sudbury versus Barrie, Brantford versus Kingston, Oshawa would get Ottawa, North Bay would get Mississauga. Geez, that'd be a pretty cool Central Division matchup. Yeah, and most intriguing matchup, Oshawa-Ottawa. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be incredible. Yeah. Two teams that, you know, Dave Cameron's system, you're going to play tight defensively. You're not going to rush for offense, right? But you're still going to have a 40-goal scorer in Luca Pinelli. It's one of those things where it's going to be very interesting to see in a series where Oshawa is a big team, high-powered offense that can score with a great goalie. Mm-hmm. Right? So it'll be interesting to see what that series would be like. Right? They're two teams that are kind of different. Oshawa is a team that wants to outshoot you. They want to out-attack you. Yeah. And they're going to be hard on the forecheck, right? So well, that's one thing that's very interesting to me, that series. That would be very intriguing. Yeah. I think what's interesting, if the playoffs started today – Wolves and Colts, all Central Division matchup. Bulldogs, Frontenacs, all East Division matchup. General 67s, all East Division matchup. Battalion and Steelheads, all Central Division matchup. That's cool. Absolutely. We had a first round like that. For rivalries, that's incredible. Yeah. For rivalries, that's incredible. And then then honestly, if if, if every team wins... If every team that's favored wins that series, you would have Sudbury North Bay second round, Brantford Oshawa second round. Yeah, so it keeps going. It the conference final, yeah. like the NHL, without trying to make it happen. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> uh, in the <laughs> last great idea that was. Oh yeah, well he's had numerous great ideas. So <laughs> yeah, the Arizona Coyotes. The um, in the Western Conference, London Knights would get the Flint Firebirds. Saginaw Spirit would get the Erie Otters. Sioux Greyhounds would get the Owen Sound attack. 
And then why not in the first round? This would be on my TV more times than one, the Kitchener Rangers and the Guelph Storm. So let's focus on that one, Colin, because A, the gap in points is something to look at. The gap in goals scored is something to look at. The goals against is actually pretty even. Um, I would say in the Guelph Storm, I've actually allowed less goals than the Kitchener Rangers, 16 less than the Kitchener Rangers, which is which is an interesting stat. I mean, the Guelph Storm got to get hot. One yeah. seven and two in their last ten is not nearly good enough. Yeah. But it, you're Kitchener, al- you're always going to get something good when you when you got the rivalry between the Rangers and Storm in the playoffs. Absolutely, and their games have been so spirited this year. Like that's a really good series, right? Like that's like that's like that, prime right? fan bus matchup. That's a oh, prime 1, fan. Thousand percent, one thousand percent. Guelph will bring a bus full of Sleeman, you know, into the odd. Like, <laughs> Just like Stone Cold odd. Steve Austin came into Joe yeah. Lewis Arena with a beer truck, and then Kitchener's going to bring in their uh, Kitchener uh, beer that they have, the Rangers beer. That stuff's yeah. good too. Yeah, what a fan. what a matchup that would be. What a matchup that would be. Um, my matchup too is honestly Saginaw Erie. I, don't, I think Guelph and Kitchener would be the closest series. But after that, I think a low key, if Ben Godro's back, Erie could force six games. We saw them play on Sunday. They're a tight, de- or Monday, they're a tight defensive team. Erie's well, a tight defensive team. Stan Butler hockey, right? You can maybe, yeah. maybe in a playoff series, you can get under the skin a little bit in Saginaw, right? Like Saginaw's the first round. Hey, we could get cruise control. And you know what happens whenever the team that's favored like Saginaw would be. Hits yeah. cruise control, they lose. Yep. That would be interesting. Well, but I still think we get a Flint Erie first round. Or yeah. a, not a Flint Erie, a Flint Saginaw first round. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, 2022, the, the Sting took the Spitfires to six with Godro and mm-hmm. Matt. So that's your hardest series until the end. Yeah, exactly. So all right. Uh let's hit the power rankings before we wrap up the show here. Uh, oh, league is gonna be fun. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Uh Woo! League league standings or league power rankings, I should say. Uh, Barry Colts and I like the touch. They added the clinched bar around the border around. I thought that. Was yeah, cool. that's cool. I like how uh, the Bulldogs are three picks out from that though. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's hilarious. Anyways, thanks for the faith. <laughs> Barry Colts down one to number sixteen. Frontenacs up two to number fifteen. Firebirds move up two as well. They're number fourteen. Owen Sound attack. Guelph Storm. Erie Otters. Mississauga Steelheads do not move. That is 13, 12, 11, 10 in order. Ottawa moves down one to number nine. Oshawa moves down one to number eight. Brantford up two to number seven, even though they were undefeated. Uh, <laughs> minus one were the Battalion to number six. Kitchener moves up one to number five. They've been on a nice roll of late. Yeah, they have. Uh, Sudbury Wolves. Saginaw Spirit, London Knights, all down one spot, and that's 4-3-2, Sudbury, Saginaw, London. Up three spots, and <laughs> Greyhounds are playing well, but they're not number one. <laughs> I I honestly want to make my picks and run to the bus. Um, I got nothing to say about that. Our picks are going to explain for themselves. Okay, wow. so who's your number five then, Colin? I have a tie for five. I think they're the two hottest teams that deserve to be in the top five, so you can't leave one out. It's Brantford and Kitchener. You know, both teams are on winning streaks. Um, They both deserve to be up top. You can't leave one out. Both teams deserve to be in the top five. 
Yeah. I think like four in a row, and like I think you have to do that. So I'm going Branford Kitchener tied at five. All right. Uh, my, mine were kind of the same, except I don't have a tie. Uh, Brantford's number five for me. Kitchener's number six. Uh, but Brantford's number five because of the past ten. Uh, yep. It's still really hard to ignore the special teams for the for the Kitchener Rangers and power play being the big difference between them and the Bulldogs. But Look at the start um, of the years. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. So Brantford's slight edge as the number five team. Kitchener's starting to come back. But it's still Brantford number five for me. Uh, who you got at number four? Sudbury Wolves at four for me. Um, I, I think our rankings are the same this week, Colin. Absolutely. I'm so intrigued to see your third team. I am so intrigued to see your third team. So Sudbury's number four for me as well. And again, them and Brantford close. Sudbury better power play. Brantford better penalty kill. So really, yep. take your pick. Um Who's your number three, Colin? Three to me, they're six and four in their last ten. They've only won one game in a row. It's the Sioux Greyhounds. Did I see the same weekend of what the people that picked this um, did? <laughs> yeah, they had a huge win. They had a huge win um, in uh, London. But, like, did they not see the stinker after that? Like, what? Like I honestly, like, I like if we're going to keep it, if you're going to do power rankings, it has to be honest and it can't be. And I know power rankings are all for clicks. It's like the three stars where the three stars should not be a thing. You should just do one best player of the game from each team to make it fair. Cause everyone gets a consolation prize now. Yeah. But even if you lose five, nothing, you're expected to get a free hot dog. Um, I just think the Sioux Greyhounds are the th- third best team in the league. Um, big win in London. That's a tough building to win, but they're, um, they are eight points behind the London Knights. Yeah, like London plays that game, and if London plays that game the next day, you never. It's a probably a different react, different result. Yeah, like come on. Yeah, the, no, and and, and I, the point, like, yeah, and and I'm with you on that, and, and it's got nothing to do with with picking their GM to to be G- executive of the year. Um, yep. like that, that doesn't help their, their rankings at all. It, yeah. They're, they're, they're number three for me too. They're a phenomenal yeah. team. Their defense is they're good top, team. like top tier. They're not one. They, they yeah. aren't They're Like you said, yeah. they're eight points back four wins back. Um, yeah. you know, London getting to 40 and, and Sue being at 36. Yeah. It just, Everything for the Knights is better. Everything yeah. for the Knights is better. And I mean, the last 10. What? Yeah. Like, how you could argue with that? Nine and one in their last 10. Albeit the one was at the hands of the Sioux Greyhounds. But, but, like, come on. Man, like, nine and one for London. Sagan on their last 10, eight and two. Sudbury in their last 10, seven, two and one. Branford in their last 10, seven and three. Sioux. Last 10, six and four. Yeah, like it's that's yeah. a one seed. And Branford's what seventh? Yeah. I There's don't. no bias there. No, I don't like, yeah, we're we're miles apart on that. Like like Sault Ste. Marie won yeah, albeit they laid an egg in Windsor. Yeah. But they they were three and one last weekend, but that doesn't put them at number one or last weekend, last week. Uh, big for them though, they got a four game homestand coming up. And it's a homestand that they could easily go four and zero. 
Uh, toughest, it, toughest test coming against Kitchener and Oshawa. But no, they're no, no, no. They're, yeah, no. they win. They, if no, they they're win, not if, one. Like, if they go three and one on this on this uh, next four games, I will move them up. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. If they go three and one, that's pretty good odds. If they go three and one, I'll move them up. Shout out Sue Greyhound fans or team. Let's do it. Challenge. So then Saginaw. Does number two and one change for you? Because it doesn't for me. Not a chance. London's <laughs> the best team in the Ontario Hockey League. If anyone says the London Knights are not the best team right now in the Ontario Hockey League, all right. Like, I know, like, okay. Like, yep. Yep. Whatever. Okay, so let's end it there then. One that's, one that's the way you want to put it. Um yeah. one one last note before we before we head out here. For anyone that is well, has TV for one. As TSN or subscribe to TSN, uh, I'm sure you have heard of part of the interruption um, with with Michael Wilden, Tony Kornheiser. You you must have heard of it. Comes on before Overdrive. So, Erie Otters, Niagara Ice Dogs were the first teams to be showcased on NHL Network, as that was announced a week and a half ago or so, and. Something that was funny is after after the Valentine's Day show for pardon the interruption. So if you do some math, that's February 15th. They uh they went through their Valentine's Day plans, and because the otters and ice dogs were on NHL network, Tony Kornheiser, and this was a line that was written for the show. I, I get that, but you know, he said, Oh, I enjoyed an evening dinner and then watched the ice dogs and otters. And you're thinking, well, yeah, I guess they were on NHL Network, so all right, that's kind of cool that they they showed yeah. it out the the Ontario Hockey League, the the Niagara Ice Dogs. So, what 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 makes this story funny is that uh, voice of the Ice Dogs, Ted Lehman, loves PTI, and had it on when when they said that. So, you know, he found Tony's email, and of course, Tony is a has a daily podcast and. And and Ted reached out, just sent him an email. Hey, just wanted to reach out. Um, I'm the radio play-by-play voice of the Niagara Ice Dogs. I uh, love part in the interruption. I, I was watching when when you had the line about the Ice Dogs. And then Tony read it, read that email live on uh on his podcast. So the Ice Dogs, the Ontario Hockey League, well, getting some recognition south of the border. And I mean, this game happened south of the border, but you know, on a, on a little bit of a bigger stage. So the NHL Network helping out the Ice Dogs in the Ontario Hockey League yeah, in that way. Right so I thought that was pretty cool. And I think we'll have to have Ted on just to go through the whole story yeah. about how everything happened. Maybe that's a next week's show. Absolutely. We'll, we'll go through that with Ted. So we talked to him enough and do enough intermissions with him. So, um, yeah, that'll be a good conversation. So stay tuned. A little bit of a preview of what we're going to try and work on for next week's show. So. Um, for everyone out there, appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, the award predictions continue next week. And trust us, the show will be released on Tuesday. I know this was the second straight week. It was uh, released on a Wednesday scheduling and then family day. Just made it a little bit easier. But I can tell you, we will be back Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock, here on the OHL and 60 podcast which means we will chat again 
in six days.